Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 263, recorded at Big Dog Studio in Eugene, Oregon. This show is made possible by... Tired of your website not performing the way you want to? Get a free SEO audit at mudpotdesign.com slash slash free dash SEO dash audit today to find out how they can help you. Ace High Graphics is your place for custom face masks, shirts, and hoodies. Visit them at acehighgraphics.com. Now here are your hosts. I'm Candace Hunter. I'm Patrick Hunter. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Hey, Patrick. Uh, I got you again. Um, we had a, a snafu on the recording, and we just did, did a whole intro and a whole thing. And I said, okay, I'm going to get you next time, and you'll have to go first. And then she made me go first again. She did it again. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> so last week we had Leslie Sheldua of Sassy Lama Apothecary on the show uh, talking about um, well, her path. Yeah, she's fun. She's such a neat lady. And one of the things that she said right at the beginning left me feeling a little bit sheepish. <laughs> oh, you got to say llama-ish. I think llama-ish is better. Oh, but llamas are much more sassy, and they're there, and, you know, I mean, all the llamas I've met had a bit of sass to them, whereas sheep, they have a different feel about them. And, and oh. you know, Sean the sheep, sheepish. Well, oh. Yeah. But it was, be, it was because what she said at the beginning was that when she first started making all the changes in her diet and learning about, you know, herbs and diet and food and how that contributes to health, she started telling everybody what she was learning. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, I, I remember doing the same thing and I don't I don't know that I've met an herbalist who hasn't spent at least 10 minutes in the beginning preaching. Oh, I think it's <laughs> longer than 10 minutes. I mean, geez, you still preach to me now. Well, yeah, but you need some preaching sometimes. Herbal preaching. Yep. It, it's so easy when you get excited about realizing simple things like, oh, did you know that rosemary can help fight off, you know, colds and flus if you take, you know, take it just in your food, just eat it. It's good for you. You get super excited about things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, describing what, what you're eating is a thing, but then there's also the um, part of it where it's, it's fun to recommend and it's fun to experiment and say things, but usually what ends up happening is it's the other part of it. The other part of preachy part about it is like, no, you shouldn't eat that. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do yeah. this. And that's, I think, where even Leslie was was um, partly because of her um, heart condition. Yeah. Um, because she had a really bad diet, apparently, when she was <laughs> pregnant. Um, you know, she learned all this stuff and then she started saying, well, you shouldn't eat that, and you shouldn't eat that, and that's bad for you too. And then, you and I've and I've done that. I mean, yeah. you know, when we've discovered things about health, or you know, I really tried actually made a concerted effort when when um you know we 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 did the vegan and the vegetarian uh, lifestyle switch to try not to be that person that vegetarian that's that's that tells everybody that how tells, they shouldn't yeah. eat. And right. meat and yeah. Because it, it, at the end of the day, you're just going to tick your friends off and they're not yeah. going to want to hang around you. you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and ultimately, all that free advice doesn't really, it, it's wasted. It's wasted energy. But it's still hard to not fall into that for a bit. All of us do it. We've all done it. 
And so <laughs> I thought about how many things I told you that you should and shouldn't be doing for the first few years when we were, you know, learning more about herbs and starting to move, <clears throat> excuse me, move more in the direction of better diet and all of that. I, yeah. I did tell you a lot of things that you should and shouldn't do. You did. <laughs> There's no question. But I, I don't think that was something that was unique no. per se to you discovering herbs and herbalism. Oh, you think you I've had... been telling you what to do all along? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you were, really shouldn't shame me like you, that you publicly. Were, you were, you, but, but, but it was different. It was like um, not to indulge, but it wasn't because yeah. of the, you you got new, you know, herbal health knowledge that you wanted to to you know talk about. It was you just wanted me to eat better, and I know that I was making poor choices. It is true that. A meal of steak and eggs and hash browns doesn't contain a proper vegetable, and you probably should have a vegetable with that. Does rosemary count? Rosemary does not count <laughs> as a proper vegetable, especially when it's one single sprig that you don't eat but set aside. Right. I mean, you're not <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, you know, and most of the you know, lunches that I had, uh, you know, in the '90s before, you know, before. <laughs> The BF before Finn <laughs> and AF. BC before yeah. child. Before child and, and, and okay, AC. But anyway, uh, very light in um, vegetables and meat was always part of it. It was never um, condiment or lightly. It was always, you know, yeah. quarter of the plate, half the plate, big slab of steak, big pork chop, big chicken breast, whatever. Two pork chops. You know. Uh, well, you know, yeah. we can't just have one. <laughs> right? You know. It's the other white meat. Um. <laughs> Sorry, but half of the meatloaf does not constitute two slices. <laughs> yeah. But I never wanted to put it back in the fridge. So. I know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, typical American diet, really. Yeah, yeah. Lots of meat, lots of starch, lots of carbs, not a lot of vegetables. So I didn't just, you know flip the the switch and say oh no. i'm gonna go you know 80 percent vegetables and 20 percent meat or 20 i just said i have to go the all mean i have to go all in yeah because i'd spent so many years the other way yeah and and not even that it was it the thing is is in in this my friends when i was 30 were, were some older men yeah and they were seeing how i was eating now they're sitting at you know in their mid 40s and 50s and they're watching what I was eating, and they're like, "You can't, you can't keep doing that." And yeah. I'm like, "What do you mean? I'm 30. I can do what I want." And they're right. Now mm. I'm their age, looking back and going, "What was I doing?" We're looking at the 30 year olds in life, saying, "Our lives, you know, 20 and 30 year olds, saying, don't make the change now. Make it now because having to do it when your metabolism hits that middle, you know, middle 30s and it slows down, that's very unpleasant. So just make the change now. And, and they're and all saying, oh, I can do what I want. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, and I'm concerned about the way my 50s will shake out because my 40s weren't as healthy as they could have been. You know, yeah. I don't know what checks I've written against my body in my 50s right now. <laughs> right, right, right. How much debt is there? We don't know. We don't know. There's, there's not proper accounting for these things. I don't know. I don't <laughs> that if I don't make changes, you know, that, that will happen. I mean, you know, COVID really 
threw a wrench, not just for me, but for so many people on their dietary path and, yeah. and doing what they were going to do. And, you know, we were, we were weightlifting, we were exercising, we were, we went vegan, vegetarian. I mean, I dropped a serious amount of weight and, and, you know, and it was, I was feeling really good. You know, my jeans are barely, you know, I refused to buy jeans until I, I hit my goal weight. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I came close to my goal weight last year, but once yeah. COVID hit and I stopped exercising cause I couldn't go to the gym. Uh, and I didn't, and, and I know people are going to listen and say, well, you could have worked out at home. It wasn't the same. I didn't have the equipment and I need people around me. I, I need a coach saying, you got to go do that. Um, yeah. I've never been a self-starter. Sure, I can commute to work, but that's just, it means to an end. I'm riding my bike to work and that's a choice I'm making. Right. You know, um, but that's but a workout. It, it, it is. Can you can it turn is. it into a workout. No, no, and I do. I mean, my heart rate gets up into the one fifties when I'm when I'm when I'm yeah. going quickly, and I'm I'm doing that. But it's not the same type of workout as uh, heavy lifting or putting your, your muscles through that point. So I think really the difference is that you don't have someone at the end cheering you on, no. saying, "Wow, you did it! Woohoo!" Or keep going. You know, partway through there, don't give up. You can do it. No, I. I because I'm motivated to do the to do the biking, and I'm motivated for that. So that's not a. I don't think that's. But the with thing the weightlifting, that... I noticed that those were the days. The days that we were, you did really well. Were always the ones where you had people cheering as you were doing it, and you cheered for them too. I oh, mean, yeah. it was it wasn't like it was a one sided thing, but but it's that human interaction and that engagement with others that I think really motivates you so so we should be with my friends and they choose to eat, eat, eat brussels sprouts yay you did, did it, it. Oh, you got brussels sprouts oh, just one more just one more you I'll got need your one bees. more one more one got more. your bees in <laughs> well just one little little taste of the yeah, cabbage yeah. or maybe okay, the so kimchi we'll call that a c yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, that was your goal tomorrow we'll work on you know yeah, yeah. we should but um <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they thank us for that oh i'm no. guessing no because Leslie's right, food is intimate. It really is an intimate experience. Well, yeah. I mean, if you think about if what the things that you put into your body, yeah, and that's you know something. You know, our yoga guy um, said to me. He said, "Well, he said, think about think about your think about your torso, right? Seventy mm-hmm. percent of it, it seems, is devoted entirely into digestion." Yeah. And that, so you have all of this mass to produce and work with food. Yeah. So if you think about it as a furnace, right, mm-hmm. and you shovel poor wood and coal or whatever it is into a furnace, yeah. what are you going to get out of that? You're going to get out smoke. You're going to get out you know, creosote. Tar you're going to get tar. You're yeah. going to get your, your chimneys are going to get plugged. You're not going to get the, the energy and horsepower that you need out of that engine because it's not getting fueled by the right stuff. I mean, honestly, you know, when you think about it in that context your stomach is a combustion chamber i mean it's yeah. burning using acid to to burn you know yeah. break down food when there's gas and then everything's extrapolated it goes into the digestive tract and pulls out the resources that are needed and you know there's a waste management system and there's all these things that are part of an, a, a, a generate a power generation system right I, yeah if only we like modeled our homes based on that model our kitchens would be the biggest room in the house Right. And instead, our kitchens are often poorly. Yeah, afterthoughts. At least middle-income America kitchens. Yeah, they're small kitchens crammed in for, you know, barely any food creation. Mm -hmm. They're they're, They're not very good at that. Here's the funny thing that I find out is like the people that seem to be well off, that have the big homes and the big kitchens. They hmm, often don't cook. They often don't cook. 
Yeah. But then the people that are of lower income that need to cook and it's part of their thing. And often it becomes a family culture to cook. They are trying to do it in In this tiny tiny little closet of a kitchen. (laughs) I know. It's totally reversed. You know, the, 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 the family, small, the, the, family that's cooking doesn't necessarily need to have a dining room. They just need a bigger kitchen. Yeah. They don't need to have a den. You know, they don't need to have yeah. both a family room and a living room. They, a big yeah. living room is fine. Right. You know? Yeah. Our our home architecture is just completely taken. It's weird. You know, it's weird. It's just weird. It's just weird. Um, kitchens should be bigger. Yes. And the food that we eat really is our medicine. I mean, that's that Hippocrates thing saying, let the food, let, let thy food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. Oh, you know, it's, okay. it comes in and out of favor as far as I can tell with, with the herbal community it gets quoted for a, a lot for a while and then not so much for a while, but it is really very apt. I mean, yeah. I mean, Phyllis delight was, Saying that same thing is food is yeah. medicine, and um, it really is. It is your medicine. I mean, it is your first medicine. Yeah, and, and if, if you treat it well and you you make right choices with it, often you don't need the other type of medicine very often, if if at all. Well, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> As you said that, we control to a great extent what our dog eats. Yep. We we Do make we the diet. We've developed it. Mm-hmm. We've got everything he needs. And he's, what, six now? Um, He's actually like turning eight this year. Eight? We've had him eight? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. But in that time, he's only gone to the vet in because of at the beginning when he needed some vaccinations. Yeah. When he was a puppy, we brought him in for and, and the we basic wa- vaccinations. Yeah. And, we, and, and I think we brought him again in this year for something. But Yeah. He had an ear infection an this infection. year and we, we started with food and that didn't clear it. Then we moved to the standard herbal stuff, stuff. that I put on it, the topical stuff. And, and that cleared it for a while and then it returned. And then I decided we were probably at a point where I needed to get a more potent medicine. So we went in. So um, um, so in eight years, he's had only well visits except for this one time for the ear stuff. Right. And I mean, that's obviously that's not typical. I mean, but the fact is, is that his diet is heavy in vegetables. He gets the oils he needs. He gets the vitamin E for his coat. And he does get a lot of protein from the turkey that we put in. And, mm-hmm. you know, he gets energy from the rice. So there's a lot of things in that meal and nothing in there to really harm him. It's all fresh. Yeah. Um, it's all freshly yeah. frozen, and it's doled out twice a day. Yeah, he gets there's the same amount. Yeah, I mean like he gets steady amount. He the, he shares my meals. Yeah, and the other thing he does get yeah. is some is some you know people food, but it's you know when you're vegetarian, you're just getting more probiotics yeah. and you know other <laughs> things like sauerkrauts and stuff that that we that we've made or whatever. So it's helped his digestive tract. But you know he looks great for an eight year old dog. Oh yeah, he's and an excellent shape. So we take that analogy that okay, so we control all the food that the dog eats. Maybe, maybe, maybe you need to control me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I just need two pounds of food a day, one Here's morning, your food. one in the afternoon, one you know, and I'll be on the floor with the dog. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know? and maybe that's all I need because sometimes mm. just giving up control is easier. Just say, yeah, okay, that's okay. you want me to eat the smoothie every day. Done. I'll mm-hmm. just do that. Fine. Okay. Yeah. I find myself being less and less successful when I have choice. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're trying to make choices amidst lots of other 
stressful or chaotic things that are happening in your life. And the last year has been stressful. I, I don't know that there's anybody. I don't know that there's anybody who hasn't had some stress this last year, just because you know a pandemic. Really, I mean. Yeah. Who? who, who, who. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> We're all going to just you know shutter in our houses. And now the question of do you get a vaccine? Don't you get one? Did you get one? Were you able to get one? You know, do you qualify? All of that, you know, there's just so many, it's stressful. And even though we're potentially hoping to see the end of a majority of the pandemic sanctions and stuff sometime, I'm guessing, within the next six months to a year, it's still, you know, there's the stress over did you or didn't you get the vaccine? Will you or won't you get the vaccine? What do you have to do to get the vaccine? <laughs> you know, right. all of that is very stressful. Will the vaccine cause side effects? I mean, some people are having them. You know the fever and the other. Oh yeah, know, minimal, especially after but, the second shot, they're, yeah, they're showing a lot people. of symptoms. Yeah, no, I understand. Uh, will you get that one or do you get a different one? And you know, I mean, even just something as simple as that is a stressful situation. And I've heard multiple people who've gone to get their first shot and they've had incredibly emotional experiences afterwards. And a lot of times, the emotions, I think, really, it isn't the vaccine itself that caused that. The emotional outpouring is. The idea that the the vaccine is going to save you from this pandemic that's been this looming death, you know, like the sickle standing right above your neck for the last year, and that's caused so much strain on people. So when you've got all of that going on, how do you make the right choice about whether you should eat that bag of Cheetos? You know, <laughs> it's really hard, really, really hard. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're not able to go out and you do, you do these things and you, you know with people, I mean, I'm making excuses. I'm obviously if you've some people didn't have the luxury that we had. We have a home, we have a yard, we yeah. have you have a patio, we have a place, and we had an office that we could go to right. that was just so, us, so we yeah. could still go to we, it. We, and I, I want to just we put that out there fortunate. for people that didn't yeah. have that. I, I, I feel for you. That had to be extremely difficult, especially if you lived in an apartment building in New York yeah. or a big city or whatever. You mm -hmm. know, you didn't have any of that. Or if you have a large family in a small home or oh, a small yeah. place and you're suddenly all together all the time. That can That's, be a challenge. You know, I mean, we, we chose to live all together, live together, school together, work together in one little house for a long time. And that was a choice that we made. We could always have chosen to not. To. We had an out. And that was incredibly stressful, even with knowing we had an out. I can't imagine trying to do that without knowing you have an out. You know? <laughs> yeah. Always having an out just makes a little bit of a buffer. Yeah. Connect with people who love plants at the Real Herb Market. They curated a crew of real herbalists who make practical herbal products by hand. Now you can find just the herbals you need all in one place real easy. That's what the Real Herb Market is all about. Connecting you with herbalists who care and the plants who heal the real herb market. So, yeah, I think medicine, food is medicine. We need to, you know, move on that idea and that premise and, and think about, you know, you know, if you're, if you're hurting and you've got chronic inflammation and, you know, think just, just look at what you're eating. Yeah. I really think about what it is that you're eating. I mean, it, it's not about shame or not shame. Yeah. I'll admit, I ate half a bag of Cheetos last night. 
it's terrible. I mean, they were the simply ones, so supposedly less <laughs> junk in them. But honestly, there's still a lot of ingredients, and in I should not have eaten any of them. I didn't even need a single one, but I did. We do make choices like that, but you know, I'm looking at and saying, well, that was probably a bad choice. It probably wasn't good for me. The rest of this week, I can make better choices. I can choose to not buy another bag of those for one thing, to not even have them. Mm -hmm. And then I can choose to eat some extra vegetables today, you know, maybe aim for some vegetables, like some good lettuces to help, you know, with the bitter part of them and not iceberg, but, you know, like arugula and some dandelion greens and throw those in my salad to help clean up from having eaten perhaps maybe not the best, but right. And, you know. and all of those you know, lettuces, um, especially if you get the farm raised ones, like yeah. The, yeah. they're a lot more bitter than the ones you're going to get at the store. Yeah. Um, if well, anyone's ever noticed, I mean, and I think we've mentioned it here on the podcast over, let's see, we've done enough of these now. We're probably going to repeat some topics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the the idea that you know bitter lettuce that you just get at the grocery store is nowhere near yeah as bitter as it once was. It's been right. like um, bread out of sweetened bitter's up, been brought yeah. out of it. It's, it's, it's you know well it's been sweetened through breeding, but it's also a lot of the store grown or the stuff that you get at the store is often grown in controlled areas, and they control the nutrients and they give it a lot of water. Mm-hmm. And lots and lots of water tends to take a lot of the bitter out of foods that are already bitter yeah, by nature. I, I wonder do you do they I wonder if they not hydroponic but aeroponic the lettuces and that. Many of them are, so they don't have to wash them. A yeah, lot that of, makes sense. A lot of those are. Yeah. The production would be really high if washing would be really high. Yeah. Because that would explain like when we get lettuces from the from the CSA that we do, that the they're one, we have to wash them, they've got dirt on them. And yeah. then two, they are more bitter. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um and that bitter is really good for your digestive system, which yeah. you think of it as the the grease in the in the cogs that move things around because it creates it helps create the bile, right? I, yeah. You know, which is helps with the you know processing those fats and so it's all connected. It is all connected. And I mean really you really are what you eat. I mean, so right now I happen to be a big giant Cheeto. <laughs> But I'm well, also, then, I'm a, then at that point, honey, I'm a keg of beer. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but I'm also an artichoke, and I'm also oh, yeah. you know yeah. lettuce and cabbage because those yeah. are things that I've eaten in the last you know yes last day. Last night was not a good night for for Patrick. He <laughs> he, he did things that he ate things and did things and too late of a night mm. and had nightmares and couldn't sleep, and that doesn't normally happen. So no, um, it's been a stressful challenge. So today time. he's going to be a little more healthy. Yeah. I don't mind the fact that he had a networking meeting in the morning and there were some donuts. I'm not even going to notice the donuts. So not only my keg of beer, but I guess I'm a crawler too. (laughs) 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 Okay. So tonight I'll do better. (laughs) Well, actually at lunch I did. I had probiotic foods. I had cabbages. I had pumpkin seeds. I had a nice salad lunch that, huh, someone made for me. I didn't have to decide or think about it. Hmm. I wonder who that could be. I was doing that for you, and then you said, no, I'm eating too much. So I said, okay, well, then I won't make lunch for you. No, and what you I said, s- that's a good idea. Well, no, what I said was that it's really hard <laughs> if I had that lunch. My metabolism, because I sit most of the day because I'm working a lot, you know, is that I, I get home and I'm not hungry. 
So yeah. I would rather not double up on the calories if I if I don't need to. But I'm in the same bit. I mean, the salads were nice. Maybe I'll have to refrain that. Yeah, it's, this is one of those things where just like the American house with the kitchen that's tiny when it really should be the biggest room in the house, mm -hmm. our work schedule is also kind of messed up. I mean, it would be healthier for both of us with both our constitutions to be eating a large lunch and very minimal right. dinner. Absolutely. You know, mm -hmm. uh, but it's hard to break away for two and a half hours in the middle of the day to go home, make lunch, eat lunch, clean up after lunch, and then return. And then come home. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, we, we as a culture, we hairy paths past our, our daytime meals and we race off to work first thing in the morning. A lot of people are grabbing a, you know, donut or a breakfast sandwich from a fast food joint, which is marginally Maybe the same as a donut, to be honest. I don't know how much nutrition is actually in one of those breakfast sandwiches. But, you know, if it's better, it's marginally better. And both are packed with preservatives and other things that are just not good for us. We're using that to fuel our day, our work day, which, you know, what kind of work are you going to produce on that? Mm -hmm. Like you said, that's going to be all the smoke and the tar and the, you know, not a lot of heat coming out of that. And then we go home tired usually late and then we eat if if we cook it takes you know you get home and it takes an hour to cook and get the meal on the table and by the time you're finally eating it and then you know done with it it's dark or after dark in the summer you know, i mean it gets really it gets to be really late and then you've got an hour or two and you're going to bed so you're just fueled up to go sleep yeah it doesn't make any sense no but how do you shift that? Our whole culture has really locked into the idea that you have to be, have the, you know, be at your desk at 8 a.m. So does that mean everyone's supposed to get up at five or four in the morning to make a good meal? Yeah, no That works will. great for the morning people, but not so great for the not morning people. Yeah, you know, you made me think so about it. Yeah. The lunchtime thing is, you know, being a, if you get up early to go to work, you know, but not really eat anything. And then you go off for lunch at 12 o'clock and they'll come back until 2.30. Yeah. And then you have an afternoon until like 5 or 6 and then go home and be done. Yeah. I mean, I've understood that to be the old European way of that's how you manage your day. I don't know if that's really true because, you know, I haven't done the actual research and I've lived in America my whole life. So right. I don't know what the Europeans were doing when I was a kid. <laughs> but, but. Maybe they still do that. I don't know. So we can see that, you know, you and I are products of what we eat, obviously. Mm -hmm. And we can see that in Leslie's case, you know, she yeah. medically she was forced to change her diet completely. Uh, yeah. Like overnight had to like change Yeah, she it got the light switch treatment. Yeah, she got the light switch treatment, which is, I always think, oh, that's, that'd be easy. No. I'd probably not. No. Uh, but she did it. And she, she learned did. all that stuff to, to be healthier. It takes a lot of courage, a lot of fortitude, a lot of perseverance to get through everything that comes up when you make that kind of light switch change. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, because she did that and she did the learned herbalism and, mm -hmm. and that and she started doing all those things, you know, um, she started developing her own 
line of products, her own stuff, her own thing. Oh, yeah, herbalist. yeah. Right. She's a wonderful herbalist. Right. And what's interesting is that, um, I'll just say it, she's one of our founding sellers for the herb market. Yeah. Yeah. I was so happy when she said yes. Yeah. You know, she, was, <laughs> she was just starting to, to um, she reached out to me last year for labels. She'd heard the podcast. She knows that one of the other things that I do is, you know, graphic design, website design. So she knew that. So she reached out and said, hey, can you do labels? I said, yes. So we made up these labels for her. And mm -hmm. at the time, I didn't think, you know, there was no herb market. There was no, you right. know, but she had wanted advice on starting an online store. And so we went, I gave her, I, I consulted it. with her and how and what mm -hmm. maybe she should do and where she would be at and what she, you know, all the goals. And then when you and I just had that epiphany of, well, let's do the herb market. Let's do a herb market, right? Yeah. She was one of the first people I called because she really hadn't, she's the ideal, she was the ideal person, right? She just started her business. She didn't have a real big presence and she wanted to be seen. And that's one thing that we said that we were going to do at the herb market is, is get our people seen. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go to the herb market, so theherbmarket.com, by the way, uh, the real herb market. The real herb market.com, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the other one's too expensive. Anyway, yeah. the real herb market.com. If you go into the seller's list, you can click on her her link and you'll see her store and or her shop. And she's got quite the assortment of of things on her shop. Um she's got things like uh she's got a hand sanitizer, she's got um she's got lip salves, she's got um excuse me, lip balms, she's got some salves. She has a whole line of herbal teas. And if you don't... Yeah, the really... teas were something I was super excited to see on there. And especially, she's got a sample pack there, so you can try each of the her yeah, core blends. she has a four-pack. And she has delightful blends. Right, and, and she... <laughs> they really whatever, are wonderful. One of her cool things, too, on her packaging was that she enlisted local artists yeah. uh, in the Corvallis area of Oregon to um, for her labels. Mm -hmm. For like, so her belly soothe and her um, uh, inflammation, and her inflammation is like a like a, there's a volcano on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know her true her solace blend is like this blue label with a person on it. And anyway, she just really took the time to to you know come up with an idea for that artwork, and we're so excited to have her as a um, founding seller on the on the real herb market. And yes. if you're interested in visiting her, um, therealherbmarket.com. Yep. Look up Sassy Lama Apothecary. That's right. And then order something. Like, order whatever tea is. They're very good. Yes. I mean, there she does everything she does is good, but I, I really particularly love her teas. Well, the cedar hand sanitizer, that spray is... Oh, yeah. That smells delightful. Totally. I'm like, yeah, let's just spray that in the air. Right? <laughs> yeah. Change the whole office. Yes. All right. So, yeah, visit her there at The Real Herb Market. Thanks so much for, uh, Leslie, for coming out of the show and also for being a founding seller. Mm -hmm. So, I guess till next time, put, put an herb on, on it. it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. 
always consult with a healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.